Now, a last-ditch attempt to ward off all-out strike action by the country's 2,000 retained firefighters will play out in the Labour court on Monday. The Firefighters Union, SIPTU, accepted the invitation to talks just yesterday evening, but they warned that the strike will still go ahead as planned on Tuesday if a resolution in the ongoing dispute over paying conditions is not quickly found. Karen O'Loughlin is Divisional Organiser for the Public Administration and Community Division with SIPTU. She joined me now. Karen, you accepted this invite to talks. What will it take now on Monday uh, for the government basically to find a solution here for you to reverse out of that strike action that is currently planned for Tuesday for all of this to be called off? What will it take? Well, I I don't actually expect that there'll be a resolution coming from this engagement on Monday. I mean, this uh, the engagement on Monday with the Labour Court is to give the Labour Court an opportunity to have a look at the dispute, to understand the issues at play, um, and to decide whether they believe they can be helpful. Um, And if the Labour Court believes that they can be helpful, um, then our, our committee of firefighters will make decisions about how we should proceed. So I don't think that there's actually going to be sort of... I, I, I have told people not to expect a settlement from Monday. Um, if things progress positively, uh, we could maybe develop a roadmap um, that would assist in the resolution. Uh, but really, it'll be for the Labour Court to kind of describe... Um, their overview of it at the end of the day after they speak to both parties. And retained firefighters, there's 2,000 of them. We know there's 3,000 firefighters in the country in total. They're in a little bit of a grey area here because of this how this annual retainer works and they can have a second job on top of it, but it's very restrictive. You mentioned there maybe the start of a roadmap. You'll not see settlement on Monday, but what would you need to see in that roadmap even on Monday? What would be some of the core expectations needs for your members to call off strike action then on Tuesday? Well, I think we need a a very clear um, commitment from the employer side um, that the resources that are required, the money that's required to um, roll out some of the measures that are required, they're identified in that report that we refer to as the COIN report. Um, And there are 13 recommendations in there, including um, creating structured pay for firefighters and doing something around structure time off. So we certainly would need to see something up front on those issues before the um before we get the roadmap started for the other issues. These are the, the key issues. There will be the employer has a credibility issue now because there have been talks um for a long time in relation to this and it's only at the very latter stages of those talks that it became the position of the employer that the public service agreement might be an issue. Uh, And that had not been articulated to us before. And on the retainer, Karen O'Loughlin, specifically, so it's 8,500 as its baseline. What you're looking, though, for is some consistency. Because, of course, there are some retained firefighters who we know can earn upwards of 45,000 a year. But that is dependent on call-outs and getting your bonus double hour payments for being prompt on the scene and then you're getting these hourly payments if it's a particularly busy station. But of course, if you're in maybe rural parts of Ireland, you could be lower down on that trend line uh, with the baseline of the 8,500. So what are you looking for there? Is it consistency? Is it a certain percentage increase on that retainer baseline figure? 
Well, we're prepared to be flexible in what in what the solution looks like, but it must it must provide uh, sufficient structured pay. It's no good to people if they can just say, "Well, all I can really be guaranteed is eight and a half thousand a year." So there must be some uh, structure to to guarantee other payments as well, and not have it wholly dependent on um, call out and nobody knowing what their earnings are going to be for the year. I mean, this is a serious problem for the majority of firefighters. And are you looking for changes, Karen, on the the restrictions, the requirements that you must live and work within a certain radius? You know, it's two and a half kilometres, three kilometres in a lot, in a lot of places. Is that very re- restrictive? Are there ways to look at that? Because that obviously has an impact on people's lifestyle choices and their ability to, to secure second part-time jobs. Yeah, and I and I think the structure time off piece kind of feeds into that a little bit. That if you didn't have to be available twenty four seven all of the time, um, that that might uh, create some flexibility around that. It's hard to see how you can expand that too much and still have the rapid response time that you need to be on scene in time to save a life, basically. So I think though we're we're willing to explore all of that. But I think if see, when we did the survey. Um, before the report was issued, only only about half of firefighters said that that would be useful or that would help in recruiting people. As of now, heading in on Monday, you're not expecting a settlement, maybe the start of a roadmap. Do you ultimately expect this strike to go ahead on Tuesday? 2,000 retained firefighters striking, the vast majority of fire stations closed, only responding to emergencies where lives are at risk. Is that ultimately what we're looking at? A strike will go ahead on Tuesday? Well, ultimately, what um, we are respectful of the court and we appreciate the fact that the court have taken this very unusual step of intervening uh, and we'll be as cooperative, cooperative as we can in trying to make space for a solution. But ultimately, if the court itself uh, examines the issue um, and decides that they can't be helpful, well, then, yes, that's what you're looking at, yeah. Okay, Karen O'Loughlin from SIP2, thank you so much for joining us. Well, since the retained fighters began their rolling work stoppages last week, we've heard praise for the vital work they do in responding in particular to emergencies. They were on the front line and first to respond again this week at that really tragic incident in Sligo where 40-year-old Jessica McLaughlin died and her niece Rebecca was injured after being struck by a train um, on the line at Balsador. Tom McSharry is the Mayor of Sligo and he joins me now. Tom, there are a number of retained firefighters attached to the station in Sligo. Can you talk a little bit about the role they played this week with that emergency call out and that awful tragedy that happened on the train tracks? Uh, thank you, Anya, and good afternoon. Um, I suppose first, if I may, I would, as Mayor, again, uh, on behalf of the people of Sligo, like to express our deepest condolences prayers and thoughts to uh, the late Jessica McLaughlin's family, her friends, and also her niece, Rebecca, who we all are praying very hard will make a speedy recovery. Uh, We also must remember uh, the the train driver, and he's also in our prayers and thoughts and his family. And I would also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge and commend the incredible efforts and diligence of the emergency services who worked very hard in very difficult and challenging circumstances. Uh, And that leads me nicely into acknowledge uh, the first responders at the scene of that awful tragedy were the fire services. They had to assemble uh, a railway sledge 
they had to take down a fence and they had to ensure, and it would not have happened uh, if they were not there first, to ensure that the other emergency services on Garda Síochána, and in particular, and very importantly, that the medical teams could get up uh, to the accident location. And also, they worked, and I think some of the, the, the firefighters, the retained firefighters... And I they're all... The, the, and that's the key point. There, that's the retained the last, firefighters we're last, talking about, yeah. The last to leave, the last to leave... Uh, uh, but they were there all day in very difficult uh, uh, circumstances. I think it, w- it possibly was the hottest day that has come yet uh, in Sligo, uh, uh, and they had to work, uh, uh, which they did to the best of their ability, to ensure that the emergency services were there, that elderly passengers were taken off uh, the train, and to assist some of those retained firefighters who worked until 11, half 11, I met uh, first thing the following morning on the picket line none of them want to be there uh, they, uh, some of them had uh, uh, through sheer exhaustion had to take uh, large quantities of uh, salt uh, supplements uh, because they had to work uh, so hard uh, in very difficult circumstances um, the read I get on you very loud and clear is that they enjoy the full support of everybody in society uh, in relation and, to this matter. And on that, Tom, you're a Fianna Fáil councillor. Um, you say they enjoy full support. I'm sure if the community in Sligo recognise them. Obviously, we offer our sympathies here in Orshi to, to the family um, at the start of all of this. But in terms of that recognition, Tom, and support, does that extend to the government? Do you believe, like here on the cusp, of an all-out strike on Tuesday. Does the government get it? Where is the sense of urgency that we're only going into talks on Monday as a last-ditch effort? Uh, yeah, I, I, I can accept that. And I spoke to Colin McGowan, who would be, uh, I suppose, the shop steward for, for the retained firefighters at length, and I spoke to a number of them. Uh, overall, recruitment and retention, uh, as well as paying conditions, are, are, are the big issues here. And if things don't change in the short term, they're going to have a crisis scenario with recruitment and retention. And it's not all about money. And this is, uh, it, it's about trying to create a work-life balance for these, uh, which are, they're exceptional people, Onya. They're very well trained. And uh, they have to reside in a particular area within a distance. And again, to highlight that issue. And highlighting that bad- issue, Tom, have you been able to escalate that, make those, that feedback, those concerns, your beliefs and recognitions known to the Minister for Responsibility of this in your own yeah, party, that, that, Dar O'Brien? That, that, yeah, that is a work in progress. But I'll just give you one example, Onya, uh, uh, that, uh, that was a very bad... What does a work in progress, fire? though, mean, uh, Tom, just just to be clear here on the eve well, of well, talks, well, though? Well, 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 well cer- certain, certainly we have made our feelings uh, clear within our own organisation. There was a, a motion unanimously supported in Sligo County Council. And uh, I do understand that the Minister has stated uh, uh, publicly that there has to be proper remuneration for firefighters to reflect, to reflect the responsibilities of their job. But uh, i just give you one more example, just to highlight how important this issue is. There was a very bad fire in Sligo a number of years ago. From the call... Uh, to the firemen being at the house was six minutes. That's six minutes. Uh, They got two people out and the medical team that were at the scene that took them to hospital had stated another four minutes and there was two fatalities. The fire services are normally the first emergency services at road traffic accidents, floods. It's not just people think firemen, fires. That is not the case. 
this is a, a very serious issue. And from listening to other speakers on it uh, across party, uh, that if there is not something done in the short term, again, and coming back to what the firemen, okay. and again, I, I, I mentioned Colin again, uh, who represents uh, these these people, uh, that it's about work-life balance. It's not okay. all about money. Okay. Uh, um, and really, they're they very worried and concerned about recruitment and retention because okay. when you have second and third there. generation yeah. fire, I, firemen, that's, that is going to cease if, if there isn't action in the short term. Okay. We, as a party in Sligo, are fully committed to okay. ensuring that government uh, hear our calls loud and okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that, Mayor of Sligo, Tom McSharry. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let me introduce you to our political panel joining us this week. They are Marco Cahasi, Green Party TD for Waterford, Breed Smith, People Before Profit TD for Dublin South Central. And from our Athlone studio, we're joined by independent TD for Roscommon and Galway, Michael Fitzmaurice. Welcome to you all. Marco Cahasi of the Green Party coming to you first there. We have the strike action that's been suspended just for the 24 hours. We've one day in the Labour court to try and get what SIPTO are calling a roadmap. They accept there can't be a settlement on Monday. But how do we even get to this point where we're looking at the vast majority of our fire stations being closed on Tuesday morning? Yeah, it's been it's been protracted. And, and really, this is a situation that's been highlighted as, as far back as 2002 when there was that Grant Sparks report. So this is an ongoing issue. Um, I thought it was a really useful and really constructive contribution from SIP2 in terms of, I suppose, not setting a deadline on Monday, saying, OK, Monday can be a start of a process. Uh, I know having engaged with the department earlier today to ask for kind of the ongoing work, there are people in the Department of Housing all this weekend they're flat out to try and move this uh, situation forward. I know the minister, actually, Minister O'Brien was with us in Waterford yesterday and uh, a couple of the, the representatives of the, the retained firefighting service in Waterford came and made their point very forcefully but very respectfully to the minister. The minister engaged with them. These are people known to known to all of the politicians. Look, we, we have retained fire services in Waterford. Actually, we, we have a mix. We have we have some full-time fire services in the city, but in my own hometown of Tremor, and they, I know them, they're the best of us. And you, know? and it, you mentioned Minister Dar O'Brien, and we did ask him and the department you referenced that are working through the weekend for a response uh, to that invitation from the Labour Court for talks. And the response we got was, Minister O'Brien encourages all parties to engage constructively on resolving the outstanding industrial relations issues within in the established forum. Given what's at stake here, and you clearly have an understanding of the role they play in Waterford, but like encouraging constructive engagement on the eve of a strike, like where is the urgency um, to resolve this? Like it's not going to be good enough. I know the minister keeps talking about this has to be part of public sector pay talks, which are going to start soon, but none of that would then be effective till next year. That's a long time for these retained firefighters to wait for an outcome. Yeah, I think that core pay issue is important, but I don't think it's the most most important thing. Certainly when I talk to the, the firefighters in my own constituency, it's very much about that structured time off. And then the minister did give indications in the debate that took place on Tuesday that he wants to move to a minimum staffing level of 12 firefighters in each station. That will allow for rostering, that will allow people 20 weeks off in the year where they can make the plans for their their holidays, etc. And also create flexibility for those kind of one-off things. If you have more people within the station, then, you know, for that, I need to go to the dentist with my son. Can you cover me for that? It creates more 
flexibility. And we know that a lot of these issues really come into play in the more rural fire stations where they struggle to get the crew onto the trucks in time. So that's a really important part of it. I think looking at those extra paid hours uh, up to 80 within the year that the Minister has spoken about, that can help us move from that 8,500. Is this the plan, listening to you, there's going to be a sequencing here, maybe looking at the the flexibility, the the lifestyle piece, the restrictions around where they live and then come to the pay piece and that baseline retainer rate of 8,500. Is that where the government is coming at this now? There's a sequence? Well, this is all all things that the Minister has rehearsed on Tuesday evening during that debate. Now, the actual core pay issue, that does fall within that kind of architecture that we have of setting public sector pay rates. You know, the Minister is constrained in what he can do in that regard. But I've been advised that there's going to be, you know, a degree of flexibility and imagination, I think, is going to need to be brought into play here and, and the department is definitely looking at it in okay. that light. Br- Breedsmith, to bring you in, you heard Sipto there at the start, you can hear the government lying today. Would you be hopeful of some kind of resolution on Monday that strike action might be averted? Well, the one thing I do want to say is kind of remarkable sitting here with a member of the government um, coalition and listening to a member of Fianna Fáil on the phone, who's the Lord Mayor in Sligo, talking about this as if they were fully, absolutely and entirely, those particular parties, Green Party, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, on side with the retained firefighters. They're not. They voted against a Sinn Féin motion on Wednesday evening in the Doyle. They argued against it. They voted against it. And this issue has been going on for 20 years, for two decades. I remember as a much younger woman being out with the retained firefighters and supporting them. And there's a huge amount of issues that have to be sorted. It won't be done on Monday. It should have been done long ago. And the only reason... Anya, that we are here talking about it is because the firefighters have said we are going on strike. That has pushed the government and the people sitting here in the room and those on the phone from Sligo to talk about it in a real way like these people matter. Their lives matter, their wages matter, their conditions matter. But it's only by forcing a strike that they're being listened to. Two members of the retained firefighters service died in Bray tragically about 17 years ago. Two weeks before they died, they were out protesting, not striking, protesting about staff shortages in the Bray Station. And this has gone on ever since. How can you expect somebody, a young man or woman, in Skerries or Bray to have a home within 2.5 kilometres of the station? There's a huge amount of issues to be sorted out. Michael Fitzmaurice, to bring you in there, these are frontline workers. They're going into fires, uh, putting their lives on the line in so many emergencies. Is there anything you're hearing today that suggests this has been taken seriously, um, that 200 fire stations may open and operate as normal on Tuesday morning? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I welcome um, that the Labour Court is getting involved, but I don't think that it's going to solve it because there's a myriad of problems. Um, uh, a firefighter, a retained firefighter, has to retire at 55, um, and they can get an extension up to 58. Um, there's no absolutely no reason with the doctor certificate, um, and we are hitting real problems with numbers, that you cannot keep, stay at that job until you're 65. There are people fitter at 65 than some at 45. Um, that's one thing. And the Labour Court, in my opinion, won't be dealing with that. Um, there is also a problem at recruiting people with the time limits that's put on. We have moved from years ago on a bike that there's faster ways of travelling. 
and I think we have to move on the time on the time scale or the amount of time that's allowed. Um, and the third thing is that you have to address the money situation because you have to make it attractive to go into it. Um, because the amount of work that those people do, um, and like we see them day in day out, if it's a traffic accident, if it's a house on fire, if it's, you'd see in summertime, maybe forests or whatever, the amount of time those people give. And I think that also what needs to be addressed is a lot of those people, a lot of the firefighters are working for somebody else. And there is no reason or no, nothing taken into account for the person they're working for. So I think there needs to be a full whole scale evaluation okay. to make sure that it makes it attractive to go into it, that employers work with you or help in that situation, but that they're not out of pocket either. And we need to look at the age and we need to look at the times. And until we do that, and I don't think that the Labour Court may do that, I think the Labour Court will deal more or less with the monetary side of it. But I think that the government officials, and like the, t- the likes of age and all of that and time limits, okay. those are things that can be done fairly fast because you're, the problems in most um, fire stations at the moment is that you can go nowhere any weekend. Yeah. You're on call all the time. Okay, we'll, we'll see what happens um, on Monday. Time for a break. We'll be talking about the nature restoration law after this.